Thanks, Sally. So this is what happens after you get ordained, they make you work. <laughs> so we are going through our sermon series called Blessed to be a Blessing, where we have been journeying through the book of Joshua. Last week, Pat shared how Joshua had led the Israelites to the Jordan River, where once they crossed the river, they would be in the promised land. At the end of chapter three, we heard that the priests had made their way into the Jordan. They're holding the Ark of the Covenant. The water's piled up on the side, and they're now standing on dry ground. So today, we're going to head into chapter four and see what happens next. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being with us here this morning, for opening your word to us as we continue growing into the people you have called us to be. Amen. All right, we're going to pick it up in Joshua 4, verse 1. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of, Israelite, of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So each tribe was to send a representative out to, to take a stone from the dry riverbed and... Um, the stones would then be set up as a memorial. Now, given the fact that Joshua says in verse 5, each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, I'm thinking these weren't just little pebbles. They were like actual, you know, like stones. And they set them up as a memorial so that the people of Israel could teach their children about the great things that God had done and so that the work of God would not be forgotten among the generations. We're going to pick it back up in verse 8. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. So Joshua now takes a bunch of rocks and he makes another memorial in the middle of the Jordan River, which seems kind of silly because like the water's going to come back down and then you're not going to see the rocks. But there's a reason that Joshua does this, which I thought was a pretty cool reason. Joshua puts the stones in the Jordan so that when the water gets low, like in a time of drought, then the stones can testify to the time when God had done amazing things, like 
drying up the riverbed so that the Israelites could cross. It's a reminder to the Israelites that God can be trusted. This memorial with the 12 stones, one from each tribe, was something that they would pass as they traveled back and forth. And so I can imagine kids asking their parents, like, what's up with the stack of rocks? Because kids will ask those kind of things. And then the adults could share with them the meaning behind the memorial. They could share the stories of the goodness of God. Well, my kids love to hear stories, especially ones about themselves when they were little, and I love to tell them. So last week, my now 16-year-old daughter, Emma, was driving, we were driving somewhere, and I said, do you remember the time that you prayed for goggles? And she said, no. And so I said, let me tell you. So we were, it was, I think she was maybe five, four or five, and we were going to the Wisconsin Dells because it's the middle of winter and what else are you going to do but go to the Dells and swim. But she was very concerned because she wanted a pair of goggles. So she said, can we go to the store? And I tried to explain to her that it is winter in Wisconsin and goggles are not a thing in the stores in the winter in Wisconsin. But she said, let's go anyway. And so we went to Walmart and there's not a goggle in sight. Like, there just isn't. And I didn't even say I told you so. Pretty proud. It was a good parenting moment there. And then, um, so she's, we get back in the car and she said, can we try Target? And so I again explained to her that it is winter in Wisconsin. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to do the Dells without the goggles. But she says, just, can we just go there? I'll pray for it. And I was like, sure. So we're driving over to Target, and I'm having a very mature conversation with Jesus about what are you going to do? Like, what is this going to do to her faith when we get to Target and there are no goggles in sight? Like, she's back there praying to you, and nothing's going to happen. How am I going to explain this? Well, he didn't tell me. There was silence. And so I get to Target, and we're heading back towards the toys and she turns down an aisle, and I kid you not, hundreds of swim goggles down this aisle. And I think I heard Jesus laugh. <laughs> and Emma walks over, picks up her thing, and goes, thanks, Jesus, and goes on her merry way. And so that was a moment that was a memorial stone for me, a reminder to me that I can trust God even with swim goggles. So there have been many times in my life that I can look back on and see where God's hand has been in some pretty difficult points of my life. And each of those memories becomes a memorial stone to me that I can be reminded that I can trust God. And then I can share those with my kids, and hopefully someday they'll share them with their kids, and their kids will share them with their kids. And it'll be an entire set of memorial stones from the current family to remind them that they can trust God. So what about you? Where have you seen God's hand in your life? And how do you remember those things? I love to journal. Journaling allows me to go back and see where God has been working when I forget. Maybe journaling isn't your jam, that's okay. What about maybe getting some rocks and writing the good things that God has done and make your own little memorial stone 
situation. But now there's a million pounds of snow on this, so maybe we don't want to go get some rocks in the snow. So what about this idea? I once saw online where somebody took a box and they named it like prayers or blessings. And then throughout the year, whenever they saw God at work, they would write them down and put them in the box. And then on New Year's Eve, they would open the box and look back through all the times that they prayed or that God had answered prayers. I think that's a really fun way to do that. I probably won't remember to do it, but that's okay, because I journal. Um, So we're going to end this morning with the end verses of Joshua 4, where it says in my Bible, it says, so Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground when the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones that had been taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and, that so, and so that you might also fear the Lord your God. Don't forget the power of your story. Tell your story to others. As it says in Joshua 24, all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. They know that if you tell your story. Share your stories with your family members, share it with some friends, share it with the clerk at Walmart, or even better, join our Facebook, our Vineyard Facebook group because we can share stories of what God is doing in our lives there. And then we can look back and see all the good things that God has done for our church family. Another way that we remember all that God has done is by celebrating communion together. So I'm going to invite...